Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about a photo post that I threw up onto Instagram and Facebook and uh, LinkedIn and wherever else I could the other day. Oh, on Twitter, right? That's the other one. Uh, but that was uh, that was one of some trees in the mountains on a forest road. It was pretty cool. It was taken a little earlier this year, and uh, I really dig those photographs. So that was an uh, that was an image I think I would worked on in Luminar. Luminar is like a different editing program that uh, that I've been trying out on a couple images. But uh, there's like Photoshop, right? That's like a that's an image editing system where you, you pull up your raw file and then you make adjustments to those to to the characteristics that it, that it kind of provides to you through these different tools. And then with it, you can kind of shape the tone and the color and sort of the way that the the feel of the photograph looks. And it's really it's effective. It's definitely necessary, especially with raw files that don't have those types of adjustments applied to them when the the files captured in camera. So it's really necessary to make those adjustments and changes to it. It's kind of separate from editing, which is sort of changing the image or you know making it something else and it's but yeah it's definitely a necessary part of raw processing an image and so when you do that in lightroom it's definitely set up the way it is but there's kind of creative limitations sometimes there's uh, creative ruts is probably the right way to say it i guess there's an endless number of creative opportunities you have with some software like that but what's interesting is trying to switch myself over to something like luminar for a little bit of time uh, to make some different edits it kind of opens up or maybe sort of lends you toward uh, a format of of new creative editing that you haven't quite done as much of before so that's what i'm trying to use it for a little bit and uh, i like the way that this photo came out i think it there's uh, you know some interesting uh, aspects to it that I dig. So you can check that out. It's on Instagram. It's a picture of some trees in the forest. It looks really green. It's quite pretty. I enjoyed that evening quite a lot. It was a nice drive. We uh, we took the truck out uh, up in the hills and stuff. We were driving around for a little while, and uh, that was like uh, just a little little while back. But yeah, awesome stuff to do. You can see more of my work at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. You can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. I saw, what have I been seeing? I saw a helicopter. There's a thunderstorm. That was like when I was last doing a podcast, right? So there was like a, a big time thunderstorm that was rolling through that last camp that I was at when I was podcasting and then um, rained a bunch after that. That was nice. Stayed nice and dry and pretty warm in the truck and the truck canopy and stuff. Waited out the rain. Then it cleared off just like a couple hours later as that, that thunderstorm system moved past us. And then, yeah, cleared off, got cold, got pretty cold. Uh, I layered up and I walked out into that field now with you know a ton of wet grass and stuff. Uh, walked out there, brought the heater like I was talking about, and uh, posted up out in that meadow uh, to check out the stars and stuff from there. You can see Scorpio, uh, almost all of Scorpio. It's really cool when you got a strong southern view of the sky. And from this area in Oregon, you can't quite see the dip in the, the tail of Scorpio as it kind of scoops down and then comes back up with the stinger at the end. Um, you just barely, or I don't know, you, you can you can you can definitely imagine how it kind of scoops around. But yeah, at, at where it is now at this time in August, I think it's uh, it's kind of tipping over and uh, gone, not visible in that spot. But uh, I think I can see um, what was it, Jupiter? You see just past 
Sagittarius as you look into the south. Then near that, just a little bit further over to the east on that same uh, ecliptic line, you see Saturn. Um, and I think they're both near the position where they'd be at opposition. They're not as bright as they were a few years ago, you notice, uh, but they're still really bright. Really cool to see. And then if you stay up late enough, maybe around midnight or so, uh, you'll see Mars rise over on the eastern horizon. And it looks real, real coppery red and really noticeable, really cool. But uh, I think it came up right about the same, or I don't know, about an hour or so after the moon rose last night. So tonight it'll probably rise uh, along the same location as Mars. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 I would. Uh, but it was cool checking out that stuff, um, and I was checking it out uh, the other night after that thunderstorm out in that field, so uh, it was kind of fun, kind of staying up and, and checking out some stuff. But then I uh, I went to bed, and then I got up the next morning, and this was what was really cool, is I, I looked out the field. I hadn't really seen any animals out there. I heard a few a few birds, of, you know, like a raven and a couple other things. I think I heard a turkey gobble. I'm not sure, though. But I looked out, looked across the field, and I saw the Two of the biggest birds I have ever seen. They are, they are the biggest birds I've ever seen. Um, I'm really not sure what it is. It looks like similar to a blue herring. So I figure it's some kind of herring. Maybe it's a crane. Uh, but I would, I would guess if it was standing up, it would be almost four feet tall. It really looked like a small deer or a dog like in, in mass and size uh, as you, you know, kind of like the feathery body of it. It wasn't puffed up in a big way, but there are two of them. And yeah, it looked like dinosaurs out there in this middle of this field. I've never seen a bird like that. It looked like, um, like a, a blue herring that was about twice as, I see a buck. It's at my two o'clock walking to my three o'clock. One point, two point, three point, four point. I think it's a two or three point buck. Ah, he doesn't see me. That's cool. Little buck cruising through. I think it's a mule deer out here. I saw like a group of mule deer down in the lake bed this morning. And when I started rustling around, they, they all kind of started to run off. Or one of them kind of got excited and then ran off. They're, they're probably like two or three hundred yards from me. And uh, I pulled up the binoculars and I was scouting them in. And yeah, they were just booking it across this uh, open lake bed. And then they got tired and stopped and, I don't know, started eating grass like almost right away. So it's kind of funny how they, they kind of move around. But yeah, this guy's like, I don't know, like 200 feet. Walking around camp. Cool, dude. Thanks for camping with me. Um, what was this in? Two giant birds. I saw these two giant birds, Thunderbirds. They were awesome. They were brown, kind of sandy tan colored. And they had um, like a beaked face, like a real pointy beaked face, really similar to a blue herring. It looked like it looked like an emu or an ostrich or something out in this field. It was giant. Um, but it looked, I'd say, like I've seen a lot of blue herrings. They're way more slender than this. This really had that kind of big, kind of round, full-bodied thing. And then it had that craned neck, that kind of S-curved craned neck. And it was uh, just kind of on the ground, walking with its buddy. And they were cruising around, poking at the ground, trying to, I don't know, get grubs or whatever. 
but uh but yeah really cool to see him and then so i i was watching them for a bit i had him in the binoculars i think i got a, a couple pictures but like i was explaining in that last podcast smartly i have a wide angle lens with me which is 17 to 40 millimeters so i was way out super wide um so you just as a you know no telephoto in my back so didn't get the wildlife shot that would have been cool which is fine and i accept but um i did get a couple pictures of it that probably poorly show uh two big things out in the distance and it, i mean it looks like it could be dogs could be deer or it could be birds so <laughs> uh, it was pretty awesome to see but as i walked out a little bit i exposed myself into the sunlight uh they got they got sight of me and then they they both let out these for like maybe 30 seconds to a minute or so they both just kind of stood around and, and made these sort of warning or territorial croaks these like um these like three beat croaks that would just echo across this whole uh this whole valley that or this whole meadow area that I was in it you know it just carried on for acres they were probably like an acre or two away from me at that time and uh yeah they just let out these loud croaks kind of i don't know warning that they saw a, a standing dude predator out in the distance but yeah then they kind of sauntered they didn't take flight but they just kind of sauntered back off up into the hill uh, up into the tree line, and then I, I took back myself back up into the tree line by my truck, made another cup of coffee that morning, and then I saw him uh, kind of popping out again and poking around that uh, that meadow again. But it was really cool. Giant birds. I really would say they're like four feet tall. Body mass section, it seemed like about two feet or so. And, you know, like kind of on their leg, maybe 24 inches off the ground. Yeah, it just seemed like a really big bird. If if I was standing right next to it, I'd be like, "Whoa, man, this is this is a real critter." So it was fun. I've never seen a bird like that out there before. I've heard about some of those or some birds like that before. I remember hearing like a it's like a you know, colloquial family story that I think uh, like a great uncle of mine had had, probably similar to this area too, which is interesting. I like that. But uh, he said that he had woken up one morning and looked out and saw these prehistoric looking thunderbirds he called them and uh, <laughs> i think i had an experience like it too i think it was fun i'm sure it's totally a normal animal that's probably used to being around a lake or something you know that's sort of what it seemed like is is just like a giant pelican or crane or something that you would see out by the ocean but to see out here just walking around sagebrush in a field in a meadow at 7 30 in the morning it's just like whoa wow look at that i thought i'd see a deer out there but nope giant birds you can check out more information at billynewmanphoto.com you can go to billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support if you want to help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with if uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that i was talking about you're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it. If you're interested or, or feel more comfortable using Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash billynewmanphoto. So I've been checking out the IPFS network. I've been talking about it a few times before here on the podcast, but it stands for interplanetary file system it's kind of a, a cool way of uh, sort of uh, creating a distributed hash table network i don't know how it works it's, some, it's something where it's like a distributed network instead of uh, having like a server system 
Um, so I've been trying to set that up. It's pretty complicated, but you can go to um, Sidereus and download a program called Orion, and that's like a, a browser that you can use to upload and then download, uh, you know, send files back and forth over the IPFS network, uh, which is pretty cool. It's kind of interesting. So I downloaded it on a couple computers here at home, and I was trying to uh, use this um, this key to connect the two of the nodes together so you could kind of uh, create uh, like a direct connection in the network. Uh, and I was trying to do this with a couple other computers I had around the house too to, to do some stuff. But uh, but yeah, the IPFS stuff is pretty interesting. I've been trying to put up um, some some media stuff onto that over the last couple of days. I've been using a site called dsounds.audio and I'm trying to upload a bunch of MP3 files of uh, my podcasts. And it's just kind of interesting to check it out. But yeah, it's, it looks uh, like a lot like SoundCloud or something when you'd use it. But instead of any of those files existing on a website's server, they exist distributed across the world, the United States. I don't know how, how far it's really distributed yet. Um, but those files are distributed on different computers so it can be reproduced uh, from, from different areas of the network. It's interesting. I don't know. I'm kind of curious how it works. I'm also using this uh, video program or video website called uh, D.Tube, I think is what it is. It's supposed to really just be like a YouTube clone, and it works uh, pretty well. It's it's not, I think, uh, the full resolution uh, and flow that YouTube is, but really, as it goes, it's it's quite far along for what you would think to do with it. I've also been checking out uh, BitChute which is another sort of YouTube video competitor, but they do a lot more with ads and with paid content. And I think that the DTube stuff is, I don't know, it seems like a little more like homegrown in some ways when you look at the website, but uh, but as I consider it, I think it's, uh, you know, it's ad-free, uh, it's crypto, decentralized. It, it's really, it's interesting. Like when you log in, um, you don't really even use your email address or anything like that. It's just... Um, it's this cryptographic key that you log in with and that's like your account data and if, and no one has it. So if you lose it, then it's gone, I think forever, you know? Uh, so it's, it's kind of cool checking it out. Uh, you can go to the, your page, you know, you can, uh, kind of upload media like you would on YouTube or something. It's a little slower though. It seems like that's, that's definitely something that I was noticing. I'm trying to make an upload right now. And it's going fine, but I think it's a little bit slower than maybe some of the other, uh, the other like YouTube or something like that. If you're uploading a 1080p video, it'd be more robust as a service. This is definitely like something, um, some some piece of the internet that's being made uh, by people like you and me. So it's uh, it's kind of cool that it, it works at all, really. But yeah, I think uh, these uh, these DTube sites and DSound sites are are going to be kind of interesting media players. Uh, not players, like, uh, but just interesting kind of media side features that uh, that I think are kind of interesting as people are starting to maybe consider moving away from centralized services like Facebook and Microsoft and Apple and Amazon and and all that. So, uh, so yeah, it's kind of and Google, you know, YouTube and Google and all that. But uh, but it's cool trying to check out the IPFS stuff and uh, get it connected. I uh, I was trying to upload some videos that I have on my YouTube page right now and. Uh, I'm trying to download a bunch of YouTube videos also. Like a bunch of the YouTube videos that I have, there's there's a couple different features out there. There's like maybe one that you've heard before where you put SS before the YouTube domain name. 
and that'll send you over to a website called I think it's like Save Form or something like that, and then you can you can download sort of a lower resolution uh, version of that that file, which saved me a couple or you know, that helped me out a couple times. It was uh, you know audio and video of it. You can download it. I think it was ad free. Uh, that it's it was a website that kind of you know pushes you to buy stuff a lot though too. I think the way the service works. I was also trying to check out this thing called uh, YouTube DL, which was uh, like a YouTube downloader. Um, so I was trying to go through and download some of the videos that I had on YouTube, but that I don't really have like the same same clips from on my computer. So it's cool. I don't know. I've been going through and uh, checking out uh, some DTube and what is it? D sounds distributed sounds distributed audio. It's kind of cool uh, checking it out. So I'm uploading a video in the background right now on my laptop. It's a, like a screen capture video working in Lightroom and uh, going through uh, the editing of a photo. Uh, so I'm throwing that up there on DTube, which is um, like, I don't know, probably going to take forever to upload. It's it's kind of a larger, uh, I think it's like more than 10 minutes or something like that. It's more than a gigabyte. So it's like a bigger file for that network to take. So I think it takes like a little bit more time. But it's cool. I'm trying it out. And, uh, and I guess I'll kind of see how it goes. It's also cool too. I guess you can just you can publish websites to the IPFS hash tables. Also, like if you write like a static HTML site or an HTML CSS site, um, I guess you can package that and then upload that, and you will have a web link to go to that HTML site, and it will pull up like it was pulled up on a server, which is pretty interesting. I haven't, I haven't really learned quite enough about it yet. I'm trying to figure it out a little bit more. I want to try and get a like some kind of um, distributed, distributed blog website up, or you know, something where you can you can kind of update it uh, a couple times. I think there's another one called Steepshot.io. That was this uh, this photo sharing website that I was checking out, which is kind of cool. It's still, all of these are still in alpha. And I was having a hard time actually like getting stuff to upload when I was using it, uh, so it was kind of kind of interesting. But I think it's you know it's stuff that. It kind of comes and goes as you're sort of an early adopter of some of the services, uh, but I'm gonna try and uh, try and use Steepshot.io to, kind of, to continue doing some stuff too. That's another uh, distributed photo sharing site, which is kind of cool. It uses the, I think I think when you post a photo, it, it posts it to the blockchain ledger. This is still sort of something that's out of my depth, it seems to me, but I think it's kind of cool that uh, that yeah you're able to do stuff like that and yeah put put stuff up on the web and download it from the web. Uh, without ever really going through a centralized service. So it's kind of fun stuff. But Thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Hope you guys check out some stuff on BillyNewmanPhoto.com. A few new things up there, some stuff on the homepage, some good links to other, other outbound sources, some, some links to books, some links to some podcasts, links to some blog posts, all pretty cool. But yeah, check it out at billynewmanaphoto.com. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast. Talk to you next time.